Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. Um, my name is Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Todd. Good and um, really excited. We have a couple of special guests with us this week. Um, with us, we have Chanel Dunn. So excited that you're here. Marianne Galloway. And also, Pastor Tim Schley. Dude, glad that you have made it on as well. So Happy um, to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, so glad that you guys are here. Kind of share some different perspective than what are the normal voices, you know, for us. We kind of do this weekly podcast thing. But um, probably people who are listening may not know all of you guys. Slash, I don't know if you guys really all know each other. So I figured, mm-hmm. quick, um, why don't you just introduce yourself? I mean, I just gave your name. But give us, uh, give us something fun. Give us something maybe that we don't, somebody wouldn't know about you. And maybe uh, coolest place you've been. You know, we're all locked inside with COVID right now. So where where's one of the coolest places you've been? Uh, Chanel, we'll start with you. And uh, probably the order I said, Chanel, Marianne, and Tim, why don't you go ahead. Um, coolest place I've been, I haven't really been to too many places. So right now, um, Toronto, Canada, but during Canada Day. That was, that was pretty cool. It was just festivals everywhere. And a lot of random French music that was awesome so I had Shazam out the whole time <laughs> okay that's pretty cool during Canada day so nice I, I guess I go oh sorry um it's Marianne uh coolest place I've been I've been to a lot of places two stand out for me one is Tortola um it's like mini Greece because there's a lot of rock and there's a lot of turquoise water so it's beautiful um, and then New Orleans on Bourbon Street because there's there was just so much culture and and I was 18. We drove cross country, so the whole experience was just awesome. I've heard a lot of cool stuff about New Orleans, so uh, that's pretty neat. Like mm-hmm. all the the vibes and stuff there. Right. Um, I'm Tim. Uh, actually, fun fact. I listen to podcasts all the time. It's like my it was like my secret dream. Not really secret because you know Matt and you know Matt Stratley. Like, always wanted to be on podcasts. This is like a dream come true. Um, probably the most interesting place I've been would have to be probably Barcelona. So I was also there when I was 18, and me and my brother accidentally walked into a race where like people were like taking a lap around like this giant structure and we didn't know everybody's in costume. So there are people dressed up like Santa Claus, like in a sleigh being like pulled by people. And we just like walked to the front of the line accidentally and started running. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's an experience, man, in Barcelona. How about you, Pastor Todd? Give us some coolest place you've been. Uh, so I have been to Bourbon Street, like Marianne was talking about, and I tell you what, I went as a college student and I was overwhelmed by everything I saw. Uh, we had gone just after, um, I think it was just after Mardi Gras, uh, but I was kind of like, uh, I, I had never, be, uh, how should I say this? Maybe my life was a little bit sheltered. And then when I went to Bourbon Street, I'm like, wow, there's a lot happening here. Um, but one of the other coolest places I've ever been, I've been to England. Uh, I went to England with my high school marching band, concert band, choir, all those. And um, we got to actually play in a pub. The jazz band got to play in a pub that night. So we were the live entertainment for the for the guests. So that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's definitely neat. That's awesome. 
um, Rebecca and I went, we got a Groupon to London and Paris, like two and a half, maybe almost three years ago now. And that was awesome. But the best part, Chanel, that you were just saying, you were there on Canada Day in Canada. We were there the day we arrived in France is when France won the World Cup. It was insane. Wow. So that was so cool. Like you couldn't have planned it. We went to the parade the next day where the soccer team was. Like it was nuts. And uh, yeah, so that, that's probably one of the coolest things like I ever experienced. So, all right, well, cool. A little get to know you. I feel like we know each other a little bit. So let's um, let's talk, you know, um, really excited to have your guys' perspective. Uh, again, different voices than normal, but we'll kind of follow Pastor Jamal's sermon uh, from yesterday. It was um, called "On Earth as It Is in Heaven," and it was he was uh, really on point, man. It was an awesome, awesome sermon. And we'll kind of go through some of his points, but can get some perspective as well. So he started, and I figured this maybe can kind of open the floor. He just started by talking about you know God's picture. Um, of the kingdom of God versus like what the world is actually like today. You know, there's obviously a difference. That's what Jesus prayed, right? That um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think anybody could tell you like, that's, we're still working towards that, right? That's, there's a gap there. And that's maybe even our role as Christians. But so I thought maybe this is a good way to kind of open um, to hear from each of you guys, your experiences, whatever you're comfortable sharing and stuff, you know, how have you experienced this gap in your own life? And obviously we're kind of talking more about race and racial tensions right now, even in, uh, injustice, obviously with George Floyd and everything going on. So as much as you want to share, or, you know, even if it's not related to that, what you're comfortable sharing, how have you experienced that kind of gap in your own life? Um, I'd say growing up for me, like going to churches, they've always been pretty much the same and with the, the same group, you know, so it's a lot of, a lot of churches that I went to when I was younger were predominantly black and like everything was kind of like, you know, the same, how it ran, the preaching type and the music and everything like that. And I know in God's kingdom is not just black people and dancing and shouting and, you know, all the fun stuff that comes with a predominantly black church. And um, sometimes I would, I've, I've visited different churches and, you know, kind of felt like I didn't really fit in, but I think we should all be able to fit in with each other like you may worship one way and I may worship another way but at the end of the day we're all supposed to be a part of God's kingdom we're all supposed to be a part of his family and there shouldn't be that divide that where you you know you I feel like I don't really fit in so I'm not going to go there and I've also seen you know other churches not want to visit another church or not want to be have anything to do with them simply because oh I don't like the way they worship or I don't like the way this is going or their music isn't that great so we don't want to go there so I think that is that's something huge that I saw a lot and even still today I see it when I look around um, but like I said as being part of God's kingdom it, it shouldn't be that way we should be unified like Pastor Jamal was saying we should be unified and 
right now we're not. So you have a lot of people on the outside looking in who necessarily don't want to be involved in the Christian walk or get to know Jesus because we can't even come together. Absolutely. Um, oh, go ahead, Maria. Um, can I go next? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, for me, it's um, more of um, a disconnect. Like I, you know, I was raised Catholic. Um, I, I didn't read the Bible growing up. So as I'm getting to know the Bible, and mind you, I've been going to the church for 10 years, but now I'm like really diving into my walk with Christ. Um, all along, I've always seen a disconnect. Um, the disconnect from what's going on in the world and how the church glosses over it. And that always confused me because I'm like, these are like, and I'm a social worker by trade. I'm a therapist, you know, I'm, there's like, you know, when you fuse myself into it, it's, it was very confusing and it's very disheartening, um, you know, pledging my allegiance. So that whole pledging your allegiance um, that Pastor Jamal mentioned yesterday was, was awesome because, you know, you do pledge your allegiance to all of these pieces that you've been exposed to in life, right? And then when you, when you come to the church and, you know, you, you give your life to Christ and then you look around and you're like, are they not seeing what I'm feeling? Are they not, are their hearts not with us? Like, do I need to go to a Latino church? Do I need to go to a black church? Do I need to go to a church where I fit in? And I'm like, no, that shouldn't be the answer. Like, if we're all supposed to be working on bearing good fruit and having the heart of Christ, why aren't they feeling what I'm feeling? Like I'm hurting, like our, our people are hurting, like there's people hurting, like the under, underprivileged, the marginalized, the, the underserved, like, are they not seeing it? How can we just keep, you know, just keep walking? Like, like what? Like, so that was very confusing for me. And especially now um, with everything going on, I think, um, and I get emotional because, you know, going through so much throughout your lifetime and then you you decide okay i want to be different i want to follow christ i want to have the heart of christ i want to i don't want to react in anger i did that you know i'm a founding sister of my sorority Latin sorority from monmouth university i did that i i tried to make change and i and i feel that i have i don't want to yell i don't want to scream but i don't want to sit in despair despair is denial i don't want to do that i've been silent for way too long and do I pluck myself out of my world? You know, I, I work at where I work, my church. Like if I were to pluck myself out of everywhere that I feel is not hearing our struggle, I, there's nowhere for me to go, you know? So I feel that, I don't know, like God has placed me in these arenas to speak. So it's just a matter of having the courage to speak um, and to speak in a matter to be heard. And to speak from the heart of Christ, because that's what we're supposed to be doing, you know? And when you don't feel that the church is on board, it just really makes you question, like, is this the church I'm supposed to be in? Like, do I need a different church that's going to feel my heart, that's going to stand with me, that's going to acknowledge me, not even stand my, you don't have to pick it, you don't have to do any of that, but just acknowledge my pain. Um, I That was very confusing for me, but I, I pray that, you know, Pastor Jamal's message really made a, an impact. It made an impact in my heart. It made me realize that 
all of these allegiances, all of these loyalties that I had are irrelevant. I should just be following, I should pledge my allegiance to Christ and follow him and just through, you know, hell or high water, just really preach his heart and, and show that and bear good fruit and hope that everybody else is doing the same because we can make a difference. The church can make a difference here. We just really have to step up. Yeah, I, I want to echo so much of what she just said. And I also want to say, Pastor Jamal, that was a great sermon. Um, it touched me. And actually, when it was done, my girlfriend, Abby, messaged me. And she was like, oh, my gosh, Jamal's sermon. It was amazing. So I was like, I got to hear this. And then being asked to talk here, I just want to give a shout out to him. But I I think that the gospel, the gospel needs to transcend all cultures. Like, it needs to go to everywhere. Because it's not just, when it says to all nations, it's not just nations like, um, India or like Great Britain or France, like it's people groups, it's different cultures. So even in America, we're all one nation, but it's made up of so many different cultures. I think sometimes we as a church, because like a, the church in one spot is going to be different from another, like another church. The gospel still can be the same, but the way they worship, the way they practice, and like the things that maybe they hold dear may, may be a little different depending on where your culture is. But I think that so many times we as a church, we otherize people. Or like we as groups of people, we otherize other people. And when we do that, it makes it hard to preach the gospel to them. And it makes it hard to like connect and relate to them or to see their struggles when we're looking about how different they are, or how otherizing they are, as opposed to seeing how the gospel unites us and what we can learn from other groups of people and how like that interaction just, it's supposed to change us. But I think that anytime where you're going to go preach the gospel or make a difference, you have to know the history of that place. Like if you're going to go be a missionary somewhere else, you have to know the, like, that, like what that country's been through, how the people think, how the people react. And in America, that's really hard because even though we're all Americans, every, every single group of people has a different culture and has a different mentality and has a different history. And you need to look at that as you go into that spot. And if, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick my words very carefully here and try to like make my thoughts really cohesive. The gospel transcends all that, but it doesn't erase that. It doesn't make me not black. It doesn't make you not white. It doesn't make you not Latino. It, like, it, it, it should be able to work in all those spots. And that's, that's what brings us together. Like being a kid growing up in Freehold, like we preach missions all the time. Like if you go to Freehold, you're not about missions. And like, <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't heard Pastor Jeff talking that. Like you haven't seen the board. You, it, it's just not, it's not possible. But even growing up and going to different youth events, there were churches that were predominantly black. There were churches that were predominantly Latino. There were churches that were predominantly white. And each one kind of had their own culture and the way they did things and what they liked. But we all came together and worshiped Jesus. And we all had that thing in common. So I think the gospel needs to start uniting us and not otherizing people, but seeing that everybody's equal and the people that don't have the gospel, that they need it. And you need to understand, you don't even have to fully empathize with what they're going through. You have to recognize their history so you can better approach them with the gospel, let it change who they are and who you are. So I think that's another hard thing. We, we hop on so many political lines where we just want to use a little thing that we post on Facebook. And as a result, you never engage in conversation. You never hear the real person behind that. And as a result, like our message gets watered down or gets hitched to something that's not right. When really it's, it's how the gospel has changed you. Like you need to talk to that person as if they were a person with their own history, not just put a quip or a little quote 
because that's not going to it's not going to change it and that does a huge disservice to the gospel and what's done in your life and in the life everybody it's ever touched um i'm not sure if i actually answered that question but that's my take on it no you guys um you i mean thank you for what you're saying it's so much what you guys are saying and pastor todd you know any thoughts that you have to help um that you know you know uh you can share. And I think you kind of hit on some things that I wanted to ask too. It's like, I wanted to say like, why, um, why don't we empathize or why do we, we seem to empathize with some, some groups of people or some causes or whatever, but other times we don't. And I think you kind of were saying it, Pastor Tim, like, um, we otherize people. Well, they're other than us. Um, there's so much of what you were saying and, uh, I would encourage anyone listening, by the way, to listen to Stephen Furtick's, um, uh, it was a week or two ago, message. He had uh, Pastor John Gray come and they had a conversation on race. It was like really, really powerful. And he said too, like, we have replaced conversations with clicks. So like, that's what you said is like, um, Pastor Tim, that we can, uh, we see somebody posted something and then we don't empathize or even attempt to have a conversation we just say oh okay well they're over there um and so I, I don't know i mean i feel like you hit some of that but maybe again it's more of a question to you guys or just to hear more from you like why do you feel that it's hard for us to empathize or or we we do some like i said sometimes with some groups we do or even like you said pastor tim missions at our church we have missions missions we we're so big on missions which is awesome but then how can sometimes maybe we miss the marks like you were sh sharing, Marianne, that you felt like things that are on your heart that are important to you, sometimes, you know, and, and I'll just say the church in general, not sp always specific to our church, but like sometimes even in our church, because we're, we're part of that church, we can miss it. Why do you think that's maybe the case? And something that Pastor Tim said that I think kind of speaks to that is uh, I I took a, a marriage counseling class <clears throat> this past, uh, I don't know if you want to call it marking period, whatever. And one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to view others as the enemy when they disagree with us. And I think that kind of fits in with the, the other eyes that Pastor Tim was talking about. And the reality is we're, we're not each other's enemies. You know, just because you think differently, have had a different experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be against you. And sometimes that's, in marriage counseling, like that's when things really, really get messy is when you've stopped being allied to your spouse, working towards a common goal, and you start being against your spouse because you view them as as being in the way. And so... I think that that's something that sometimes we really dismiss people's stories because their stories are different than us. And so instead of, hey, we're going to walk this out together towards a common goal of, of growing each other or growing the kingdom, we say, hey, your, your, your experiences have been different and I can't relate to them. So you are other. And, and if you're not same, then you must be an enemy or, or, or you disagree with me. And so now I'm now I have to compete with you to be right. And so now I'm trying to conquer you with, so that you agree with me and it becomes an enemy and an adversary. 
but it shouldn't be that way. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. We're, we're in this together. And the moment somebody becomes an adversary, you stop listening to them and you stop, you stop caring about like working things out with them because they're the enemy and there's nothing to work out. So uh, that's just what kind of the marriage counseling thing when you're talking about other just popped into my head. Cause I felt like it's like a very similar thing where we stopped being allies. Yeah. And I feel like that so much of what you were sharing, Marianne is just like, uh, like you were saying, like, it's like, am I heard even, am I acknowledged? And that's kind of from what you're saying, pastor Todd, it's like, um, we can make people feel other or even enemies. And so we won't even listen. And that's, I feel like what all of you guys are sharing is like, dude, sometimes it just feels like no one even wants to hear. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to maybe whatever this or that. I'm, I just want someone to acknowledge that this is real. Uh, would you say that's kind of some of what is being shared? I feel that, um, a lot of these, you know, world, social issues um are uncomfortable for a lot of folks they're they're uncomfortable for us you know and they and sometimes you know when things are so uncomfortable it's almost like you want to just turn away if you turn away then maybe you don't feel and you don't see and if you don't see it then it's not happening and you know i've been guilty of that and and that's where the despair came in for me because you know it's it's too big to get into and I don't want to yell and scream and scream and I'm trying to be different, um. But then it's like, well, no, this is this is not good either. So then you you get overwhelmed and you shut down, and and it's like, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We we have to talk about it, um. And and again, it's not necessarily like, um, you know, protest with us. I, I mean. I'm not saying that, but just acknowledge it. Like, just, you know, be uncomfortable acknowledging it. You don't have to have the right words. You know, you don't have to say the right things, but just, 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 just know that we're in pain and just acknowledge it. Um, and, and I think that's what was missing for me um, throughout the years. Um, and, you know, and then I, then I kind of, I would separate myself and go back to my allegiances and, and, and handle it that way. And I'm really trying to walk different this time. And uh, I, I turned this, this time I, I stood quiet. I, I, I didn't, you know, rant and, and scream and whatever. I, I turned to my ladies Bible study on Monday, turned to my ladies Bible study on Thursday. You know, I, I, I waited to see what was said the first Sunday I had a conversation with Pastor Todd and I'm just like, I don't know, maybe I'm not in the right place. You know, I really thought about that. Um, and you just start making all these mental checklists like, okay, like, are, are they with me? Are they with me? Are they not with me? Are they, you know, and you can't help but to fall into that position. And that's, I, you know, we shouldn't have to fall into those positions. Like we should be able to say, okay, I, I want to, I want to walk with Christ and I want to walk with this particular institution um, I need guidance. You know, there's a lot of us that need guidance. Um, and as the church, I feel like, you know, we just, just help us find that guidance. Like that's where I'm at. Um, and when you don't necessarily, when you don't feel that you're getting that, it just, it's just really disheartening. And it's just, I'm going to start rambling. So I'm going to stop. 
I was gonna say I wanted to chime in like um I agree there like I went through that um when all this started to unfold in my mind I'm just like um I go to a, a predominantly white church how are they going to handle this what are they going to say are people going to look at me crazy now when I walk when I show up like I don't really know how to feel I don't know how this is going to be handled and like there are a lot of older people in the church too so it's just like I don't know what their mindset is like so you know you just really start to feel like okay like I I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. So, you know, you kind of try to play it safe to see where things are going to go and see what's going to be said. And maybe like, I, I can talk, you know, so in moments like this, it's like, all right, I'm more so quiet because one, like, I don't want to say anything that's going to throw anybody off, but then I also want to see what everyone else has to say because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know, like you, sometimes you do wonder, like, am I in the right place? Like, I feel like I am, but now the situation has arise and I don't, I don't know how it's going to be handled. So you kind of just wait. And uh, I, I'm thankful for how it was handled because I was really nervous and I really like it here. And um, I think Pastor Jeff, handled handled this very well very well and um i appreciate you know how he handled it and how pastor jamal was able to get up and speak and it wasn't like oh pastor jamal speak because you're black like no he he already does speak from time to time and he's active in the church so i think it played out perfectly and it's very much appreciated but you do wonder like am i gonna be acknowledged or is anyone gonna notice um how i'm feeling or are they gonna address how i'm feeling i know even with some of the people that i work with when everything started to unfold with george floyd it's like they were quiet you know i didn't see anyone speak up i didn't see anyone say anything but then the riots began to happen and everyone's outraged and i'm just like okay i don't agree with the violence either riots are just not necessary but do you even understand how the people got to this point do you understand that years and years of anger and frustration will cause someone to just lash out and i've been there like as a kid all through middle school and high school something would bother me and i just hold it in i hold it in, and not say anything and then eventually I would lash out and I was tearing up the school. So it's just like, it was wrong, but I'm like, is anyone hearing me? Do you see me? So like, I feel like I'm not being heard. I feel like you're not acknowledging my feelings. I feel like there's injustice. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I'm, I'm innocent in this area and no one's listening. So then after a while, I was just like, okay, well, I'm gonna give you a reason to hear me now. You may not like it, but here you go and i feel like a lot of people were focusing on the end result rather than how we got there in the first place so you wonder like are you going to acknowledge my feelings are you going to hear me or are we going to just let it get to that boiling point to where now i'm lashing out or someone else is lashing out and i don't think we need to be there I don't think we need to be there. I all 
listen, it whether it has to do with race or not, growing up, I used to feel like I was unheard all the time and I was just always so angry. So I 100% understand, I don't agree with the riots. Like I said, I'm 100% against the violence, but I'm there, like I get it. I feel that pain, I understand it. So when I'm watching everything unfold on the news or on people's lives on Facebook, it's just like, I, I feel just as emotional as them because I get it. I've been there and I've experienced racial tension. I've experienced microaggressions when people are just making random comments. Even at my job, I've had someone flat out tell me I look like a backup singer and then ask me to join them in singing an Aretha Franklin song because they assumed I knew it. And I had no idea, to be honest. I had no idea. So it's like stuff, even something so small can make us feel like, really? Like you're you're just saying that to me because I'm black. And I've had situations a little bit more worse than that, but it's just people, I feel like people are so wrapped up in themselves and what they are thinking about. They're not taking a moment to realize, okay, this person is experience, experiencing something a bit more serious than my situation right now or even if it's not more serious like let me just take the time to check in on them and I'm thankful for the people here at Assembly Fund and Freehold because you know even you Pastor Matt you Rebecca you reached out to me just simply asked me how I was doing and even um Pastor Bonnie just simply asking me how I'm doing goes a long way you know, I have coworkers who didn't even bother. I have a few who have reached out, but then there are some who I talk to frequently and didn't even bother to ask. So just taking a second to let me acknowledge their feelings. Let me talk to them. Let me see how they're doing. That goes a long, long way. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's 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 just so important just to listen to people. Just some like I remember being in um being at Freehold and somebody came in and they were they were upset about something. So Pastor Jeff takes them into their office and like I can I kind of like I don't really hear the conversation, but I can kind of hear it like it's getting heated on one end. And then they come out and like they shake hands and they hug and they walk away. And Pastor Jeff just tells me, he's like, sometimes people just want to be heard. Like you don't sometimes you don't have to fix a problem, sometimes you don't have to do all this stuff. It, he just said, sometimes people just want to be heard. I think that that goes a long way. But I think that sometimes it's uncomfortable for churches because, or like people in general, because when they are hit with something that they don't understand or they haven't experienced or that they may be on the other side of, like what Pastor Todd was talking about, but they see those people as the enemy. As opposed to like what I'm assuming the marriage counseling salt was like a good way is seeing you guys as a unit trying to face a problem instead of seeing you guys as adversaries trying to face each other. And I think that in order to do that, we need to have humility. Like you need to have humility that like your experience may not be the right experience or the experience that everybody has. And you need to be like, have the humility to say like, I may be wrong or I may have missed something or I may be part of a problem. And that's hard, but I feel like that's just, I'm sanctification and spiritual formation. Like that's becoming more of a Christian. And when the Holy Spirit talks to me, it's like, Tim, you're wrong in this. Yeah, I can try to fight the Holy Spirit. Like you got like Pastor Todd knows me. He taught me as a kid. Maul taught me as a teenager. 
like anybody who's known me growing up, like I will argue, I will argue anything. Even when I realize I'm wrong, I'm still going to win. So I'm just going to, I've just dug in my heels and I'm going to hold this position. It doesn't matter, but it takes real humility to be like, you know what? I, I was wrong on that, or I missed that, or I didn't understand that. You know what? Can you explain that to me again? And then sit there and actually try to get it. Cause then your perspective may change. It may turn out that you're still right. You're like, okay, I heard it. Doesn't matter. You're still wrong. But that person still, it's a lot better experience knowing that someone has heard you out and still disagrees with you as opposed to like, they won't even let you finish the talk. They won't even let you finish the sentence or they dismiss you because, oh, you're this, you're that. It doesn't matter. Like your opinion doesn't matter because you believe these things. It's like, that's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to just deal with that. So I think the humility, and I think it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to know that you may have been part of the problem or you may have been this, but that's, I feel like that's growing up and that's growing as a Christian where you, you may think, Hey, like whatever I was doing wasn't wrong. Someone's like, you know what you're doing was wrong. It's making me stumble or it's making me this, making me that. And like you as a Christian in loving your brother and sister in Christ, you are now obligated to then shift what you're doing. And even I, like, I don't like doing that. I don't like having to change my lifestyle. Someone's like, Oh, it offends me. Oh, does this, what is that? But it's like, you know what? If my, changing my lifestyle can help their walk help my brother, sister in Christ. I should be able to happily do it, like, like what Paul says. But I think that that's a hard place to get to. I think it's much easier to see people and demonize them or otherize them or see them as the enemy and then hop into your camp. Because sometimes our, the camps that we run back to aren't even spiritual. Like they're not even correct camps. They're political camps. So then you align yourself with this ideology. These people align themselves with that ideology. Even if you don't even completely believe all their ideology or uh, as Pastor Matt said in the in the little breakdown he gave us, like you may not believe in the way they practice it, the orthopraxy. You now hop on that, and now you're attached to that, and now you're in this giant war where there's someone above it, say, like kind of laughing, like ha 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 ha, that everyone's fighting against each other. I mean, you're really missing that there's dark forces that work behind this, but you're too busy fighting the people you see flesh and blood. I think it's it's so easy to fight the people that we're seeing instead of fighting the darkness behind it, instead of praying about it, instead of approaching it in a spiritual aspect. But then there's also the part where we don't act in the physical where it's like, well, I'm just praying about it. Well, I'm just praying about it. And then when the time for you to act comes, you're silent. You don't do anything. I think that the church has done that with a lot of things. I think we're getting so much better and we're, we're faster on the uptick. But I do think that it's happened throughout history where the church kind of hangs back until after it's all over. And then they start giving their opinions about it. It's like, we kind of needed you there in that struggle. We need you to be speaking truth. Even if it was uncomfortable truth for whatever side, we, it still needed to be done. And I think that it, it's... It's a hard road to take, but I think that also when people start to take that road, the people that are on the other side of it need to give them grace. Like if some if someone has a problem, then you the way that you approach their recovery of that problem speaks volumes. Because if we want people to change in their perspective and their actions, like we have to acknowledge what they did was wrong, then help them to become better, help them to to get past it. So someone comes to you asking questions, you can't be like. I can't believe you've never experienced the struggle. Like, I can't believe you would ever think that. It's like, okay, good. Like, I'm glad that you've acknowledged that. Let me help you see, like, what's true. Let me help you. What have you been thinking? What have you been taught? What have you been raised to believe? What, what are your opinions on this matter? I think that being humble on both sides and being graceful on both sides and not retreating back to camp and doing that hard work will pay off dividends for you. One, you knowing more about Christ and knowing more about the diverse body of Christ and the problems that everybody experiences but also makes you more like Christ and able to love people better.
And, you know, even as we're sitting here and talking, number one, Tim, you do love to argue. So, <laughs> but that's okay. We could have skipped over that part. Like, we have to focus on all that. I said many other things. Uh, but I, I, I think like when you're talking about being heard, like I think there's a lot within that because I think, um, you know, even Sunday morning, I was trying to walk around to some of the cars and say, how are you doing? And um, I, I successfully made several people cry Sunday morning <laughs> because when I asked that question, you know, they were whatever. But I think, I think if we value people, and we say we value people, then part of part of valuing people is, and I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit last week, is if this is important to you, then and I love you, then shouldn't it be important to me? And that doesn't, again, that doesn't always mean that we agree on it or agree how to go about doing it. But I think there's an aspect of where like, um, like I, I, again, I talked about earlier with the sheltered life, you know, there was very much, I was in a very, um, in an area growing up where everything was very similar and there was a similar way of thinking and, and coming to freehold where it's much more diverse. Um, I learned, I learned a lot and I learned, um, one of the things I'm hoping I'm learning is, is listening that, um, just that there's a whole lot of different experiences out there than what I've had. And that even though I don't always understand, I know that when I see people hurting, it breaks my heart. And I think that ultimately that's where we need to stand with each other. Not when I see people hurting, I say, well, just dismiss it. But if you're hurting, we're called to mourn with those who mourn, celebrate with those who celebrate, and I think that goes a long way with people, you know. Um, and I and I really, I really think that we as believers, like we need to come together, and we need to to stand together. And I think that that speaks so much. How can we be about missions and not be about our own brothers and sisters, <laughs> you know? And so I, I just as we're talking about this, like that's the one thing that just really comes to mind that you guys have been saying is just listening and acknowledging, and how powerful that is. And um, and uh, you know, I also want to say that too. Like, there's times when I I I don't know what to say. You know, I want to say. Uh, uh, Tim, I was in a chat with you and Pastor Jamal, and I had put in there, I said, guys, I know sometimes that, like, I'm stupid, <laughs> and I say stuff, or, and, I, and not that I mean it, but, like, I, I, I fumble over my words, but please know that I love you guys, you know, um, and I think that that's, like, a good part. It's meant, like, I don't always know what to say, and 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 I'm wrong for when I when when i'm not thinking and i'm speaking but yet but yeah i love you guys and and i i don't want to paint you all with with one big swipe and say oh you're like this because i saw somebody over here like this and i and i hope you guys don't do that to me you know and that and i think that's where it starts getting past those big swiping brush strokes and saying these are my brothers and sisters you know um absolutely just to everything you guys are saying and um 
I tried to just write down a couple things because I mean, there's so much that we're hitting on right now. Um, but something I just want to come back to really quick that um, Marianne, that you were saying about sometimes um, you're like, man, am, uh, I think you said something about denial. Like, man, am I in denial? Like, does anyone notice this or like, is our church in denial sort of thing? And I just, I heard it today. This morning I was finishing up the Stephen Furtick sermon. So he just said this. So I just want to encourage anyone who's listening as well, that maybe if you feel that way and, and you kind of said this in other words, uh, Marianne, but um, that uh, he, Stephen Furtick said, denial is, is just, I'm sorry, uh, despair. That was the word I meant to say. I'm sorry that you can be so in despair. <clears throat> and he said that, um, despair is is just as dangerous as as denial so denial would be i don't think this is really an issue i'm not sure you know blah blah it's not real and despair is like we'll never change this that this will never change and he said that that is as just as dangerous and so i just want to encourage anyone who maybe that is how you feel and and again for me that isn't a feeling that i've had as predominantly it's i don't feel that i've been personally affected as in these different ways as you guys are sharing. So it may be easier for me to just say, Hey, don't despair, but I'm trying to share something that Stephen Furtick said. And um, a couple other things just from what you guys are saying too, that I just wrote down. I think a lot of times I heard somebody say this somewhere, we're afraid to have empathy. Um, maybe because we're afraid that means agreeing. And pastor Timmy said that as well, that, um, <clears throat> Hey, sometimes you can just listen to somebody. And at the end of the day, it doesn't mean you may not even change your opinion. Maybe you're at the right place. That's okay. But man, don't I love somebody enough to hear why they would feel a certain way or do something like you said, Chanel, even the riots, you're like, man, I'm not okay with people, you know, with violence and this and that, but I can understand how somebody feels. And especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ, and maybe that's part of why sometimes it can be, uh, we can be afraid to empathize with somebody. We, we think it means we're agreeing, but it, it's bigger than that. <laughs> it's so much bigger. Um, and also something that I think, um, we're trying to think like what helps me and we keep hitting on it. It's just listening, just listening. And, 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 um, you know, you guys have felt like unheard in different places. And so, you know, Chanel, just hearing, you know, you say that, um, you know, just reaching out is like a big deal. Would you guys say like, that's no. Cause I'll say on the other side of things, sometimes you hear you see people say that it's like, Oh, just like reach out to someone, you know. And then sometimes I feel like some, you know, just, I'll just say myself as like being white. Sometimes you're like, Oh, so what am I supposed to do? Like text anyone I know that's black. Like, are they going to feel like I'm just doing it because, or, or, you know, Latino, any, any, you know, other ethnicity that I'm friends with are they just going to think I only reached out to them because of this? And so it, I'm saying you can get in your head and you feel like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. But now hearing from you guys at, and Rebecca, we're, we're obviously talking about this. Sorry, I don't want to talk too much more. She just said, she's like, Matt, don't worry about those things. And like, how about we reach out to people that we already love and are friends with like, and, and like, you don't have to worry about it in that way. But so would, you know, and I'm trying to be sensitive to time here as well. I know Chanel, you got to scoot soon. Uh, so would you guys feel like, would, what would you say as far as somebody who's listening, right? Who says, man, I do want to listen more, man. I want to be part of a solution. 
you know, I want to be in the right place. That's what I was telling somebody else. I was like, man, dude, sometimes it feels like I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but I know I want to do what's right. And so, you know, to me, that's a practical thing that you said, Chanel, kind of like, Hey man, just reaching out. Would you guys agree with that? Or, or what else would you say to somebody who's, who feels that way, man, I, I would love to be part of this conversation, as you say, but that sounds, it still kind of sounds up in the sky. How can I, what can I do? Or, or how can I listen better to somebody? I don't know what you'd say. I would say ask people their stories too. Um, I was on a meeting last week and one of the counselors on there, it was with um, my coworkers and some of my students. And the counselor was saying, you know, just listening to people's stories can help you be there for them, one. And two, also get a better understanding yourself. And then there are tons of different things that like if you want to get active and you want to help, like there's so many petitions and things that you can sign, um, different businesses that you can support to just let them know that you're there and you care and then you care and that you care. And also, you know, speak up whenever you see any injustice, speak up whenever you see any racial tension or something like that like just speak up speak up when you can and listen to people's stories you'd be surprised some of the stories that people have experienced in their life and I think us being able to get our stories out does help I know for me that's what helped me learn to express myself better so that I'm not ranting and raving throughout the building um I tell my stories, I say what happened to me or whatever, and that helps me express myself. And I think that would help calm a lot of people too. Just ask them their stories. Sorry, I was looking for my button. Um, I agree. Um, just, just, just listen, um, pay attention. You know, whatever's happening outside of the church, is impacting its members. Um, acknowledge it. You know, um, you know, Pastor Matt, I have to say that twice. I mean, I, I appreciate you as the new addition to, you know, to our church. Um, but on the first day when I was questioning, am I in the right place? And you prayed for the helpers, you know, you know those that help in the driving. And when you prayed, I was like, okay, he gets it. All right. You know, like, I, I was making mental checklists of who was getting in and who was not. Like, I, I can't, you know, I'm human. I can't help but to, to go there. I try not to keep myself there. Um, but I appreciated that. Um, little things like that, like just praying and mentioning the cause makes a big difference um, to its members because you feel included, you feel acknowledged, you feel like your pain is being heard and felt. Um, that's simple. You know, um, being different is hard. Um, I just finished my, my first course of Bowen's Family Systems Theory and two of the main pieces were fusion and differentiation of self. And I happen to be working on that within the dysfunctionalities of my own family. And it happens to be that, you know, the, the church is, is saying that we, we have to be different and to be different is hard. Um, we can't fuse with everything that is going on because it does sway our mindsets and it does sway our hearts. And if, and if we're standing 
with Christ and in alignment with Christ, we need to fuse with him. <laughs> we need to fuse with that. We, we, we need to be different and, and bear good fruit, like just that simple, just bear good fruit, show compassion, be empathetic, um, you know, speak for those that are hurting, you know, just acknowledge um, the pain, stop glossing over it, you know, mention it in, even in a prayerful manner. But as a whole, we, we go to church to find, you know, rest. A lot of us are tired. So we go on, on Sunday and we're looking for like, you know, somebody that's going to be like, okay, you know, I, I acknowledge what you're going through and, and we're here to help. We're here to pray with you. We're here to stand. We're standing with you. You know, we're going to give you scriptures or whatever to guide you through it. Like, that's what we need. That's what I need. And I'm speaking for myself. Like I said, I'm really diving into my walk at, at this point. And I was trying to be different. I was trying to look at it from the lens of Christ. And when I looked around, I was like, okay, but nobody's, nobody's hearing it. Nobody's seeing it. So I'm glad that um, I'm glad that I was asked to be a part of this podcast. I was afraid. I'm not even gonna lie, because um, I was like, okay, how can I, you know, speak my truth, but not offend anybody? Um, how can I, you know, let others know what what my struggles have been? You know, I I wasn't raised to verbalize anything. I I, I was taught to be quiet. That's how I was raised. And I was, I was angry for a very long time. And I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be bitter, but I don't want to sit in despair either. Um, I, I want to be courageous and, and speak God's truth in a way that's going to be heard. But I, I, I feel like I need to have backup. <laughs> you know, I need to be acknowledging that the, the church is who does that, is who can do that for me. I think that everyone's brought up great points and how to, how to help people to walk through this. But for me, I there's a lot that could be done. There's a lot that people probably shouldn't do, but finding that for myself has just been hard. Like it's confusing and it's big. And to be honest, if someone were to ask me like, Hey, like, what can I do? What can I exactly do to help? Besides stuff that's been said here, like even just listening, I, I don't know. Like it's, I feel like that's one of the things where like we have to be tuned in with God. Because we have different, we have different platforms. We have different things that we can say that we can do. We don't want to say the wrong thing. I think that being led by the Spirit, and especially in these times where things get volatile, where things can be taken the wrong way, where you have to make a split decision, or I think that all that is super difficult to navigate. But I think that being led by the Spirit is, it's the best way to go. And I don't just mean when it happens, like throwing up a quick prayer. But I think that that requires us to be in tune with God. I think that requires us to, to be steeped in the word. I think that requires us to have an ongoing relationship with Christ. Not just that, not that when we get into trouble now, I just suddenly reach out to him, but like I've, I've been training for this. And now when something pops up, I know how to deal with it. Like I'm listening to the Holy spirit. I can hear it through the voices in my own head, the voices on Facebook, the voices that, that are coming at me from everywhere. And God, clearly telling me or even quietly telling me that I'm listening to his voice that this is the way that you that you need to approach this situation and I think that talking to other talking to people you trust talking to godly Christians talking to people that that have that walk with God can help guide us and help us to, to perceive that voice but it's it's not easy and I, I think I'd be lying but if I could just give like one not lying but I think that 
when people give like this is what everybody should be doing that flying things like oh well maybe not like how about we let god tell people what to do but i do think that it's important to to do something in, in your life but i think that it's even more important like putting christianity putting the gospel above all of it what does god want you to do in this situation like i can want you to do things other people can want you to do things facebook wants you to do a lot of different things but i think listening to what god wants you to do is the most important but it's also the hardest because then you sometimes sit there look like you're not doing anything and you sit there just being quiet and then people are like well you're not down with the cause and you're like oh no, hold on I'm like i'm not down with the cause like you talk to me i'll we'll have a conversation with you about it but i'm not I'm not just doing nothing but like i'm yeah like when things arise do something but like if you're going to be proactive i think letting god lead you is probably the best way well I mean, I really appreciate you guys sharing all this. And um, I wanted to wrap up with prayer. I had a couple just summing up thoughts. Uh, Chanel, do you have to go, though? I, I just don't want you to feel like if, the, if you have to go, it's okay. Um, yeah, I texted them and said I'll be in a few minutes late. So Okay, all right. So we'll wrap up here. Um, so you could, be, you could pray with us. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And, and so much of what you said has been so good. And... Uh, you know, just to, again, bring some closing thoughts here for those listening who maybe you've been part of our church for a long time. I want to use some words Pastor Jeff uses. I've heard him use him talking about the ministry of presence, right? You've heard Pastor Jeff say that before. And I feel like so much of what you guys are sharing is like, this is an area that, that maybe that's what's important right now. And I love all of you guys have said, you know, you don't have to worry about the words all the time. You know, it's, and again, in Pastor Jeff's terminology, it's that ministry of presence, which is so important. Uh, like you said, Pastor Tim, obviously the core is hearing from God. Um, that I shared this uh, yesterday um, in the drive-in before we prayed, uh, like with the group huddle with all the volunteers. Last Monday for young adults, Gianna Maneri and Dominique Trotti shared, and they asked a question, would your life look any different if the Holy Spirit wasn't in it? And I thought that was such a powerful question. It really hit me because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the answer is yes. And I thought that was really powerful. And so talking about what you guys are saying, would your life look any different if the Holy Spirit was in it? Hopefully the answer is yes. And one of those ways I think is empathy. Am I able to empathize with people who are different than me, who have a different experience than me, even though I didn't, I didn't have that experience. Um, uh, and also forgiveness, you know, you guys are talking about, Hey, don't worry about the words or Hey, maybe uh, we've said like offense and stuff. Sometimes we're afraid of offending somebody or I'm offended or whatever. And I heard, uh, Chanel, you may remember in the basic series with, we did with Francis Chan. He said, uh, he said, that's the way the church, the world should look at the church is it's not that we offend each other less. We don't agree about, well, hopefully I guess we do agree about a couple more things, but like we don't all, like Pastor Jeff said, we don't all all of a sudden like tuna fish sandwiches. Everyone likes tuna fish now. No, it's that we, we actually will keep offending each other, but we keep forgiving each other. And that's how the world should look at the church is like, they keep they keep doing that. They keep offending each other, but then they keep forgiving each other. What the heck is going on in there? And it's that it's the Holy Spirit that is enabling us to do that. And so again, I would encourage anyone listening again, powerful question. Does your life look any different if the Holy spirit wasn't in it, but in 
thinking about all these conversations, all the thoughts that you guys have shared today. Um, let's, let's be the body of Christ. And that's the last thing I want to say, Hey, you guys are all, all of us are equally part of the body of Christ. And that's the case. Maybe different parts of the body have been in pain for longer or, or that, that pain has not been acknowledged. Um, or whatever, or other parts of the body are not aware of it and they're not paying attention to it. But the truth is we're still all part of the body of Christ. And this is why it's so good that this conversation can be taking place right now. So let's do this. Let's close in prayer. Um, would you guys mind um, each, each of one of you guys leading us? Uh, I don't really need to pray. Um, I don't know how you feel, Pastor Todd, if you want to say any words, but maybe if you guys want to just quickly sit, say a prayer to close us out for our time together. Um, sure. I'm, I'm okay praying. Um, Are you guys comfortable? Or, or I could ask Pastor Tim to pray. He could close us out if you guys would prefer that. Got it, Pastor Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some, things, some things never change. Who wants to pray? <laughs> the pastor. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, so close us out, Pastor Tim. All right. God, we, we come before you just knowing that your body is hurting. Your body's hurting so many, so many different areas. Lord, we know that no matter what political party we may be aligned to, no matter what we may believe, Lord, we know that you are in control of it all, Lord. Lord, we know that you are coming with your kingdom and that you will make all things new. But in the meantime, I pray that we be your ambassadors on earth, Lord, that we bring peace, that we bring love, that we bring joy. And Lord, that we speak truth and that we not put anything else above the gospel. God, I pray that we are one as you are one. And God, I pray that as we continue to hurt and offend each other, Lord, that we continue to forgive and that we continue to have grace for those who need grace because you have shown so much grace to us. God, be with this country. Lord, be with our leadership. Be with our president. Be with his cabinet. Be with the senators. Be with the governor, Lord. As so many things are going on, Lord, you have put them in that place at this time for a reason, God. And God, I know that their hearts are in your hand, Lord. Give them peace, Lord. Give them strength, Lord. Give them your mind. Give them your wisdom. And Lord, as we leave this place, as the people are listening to this and they're going to their jobs, as they're staying at home, as they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, Lord, and fill them with your Holy Spirit and give them a hunger and a knowledge for your word. And not just that they have knowledge, but Lord, that they're able to act in that knowledge. They're able to act in that love. And Holy Spirit, transform us. Lord, I pray all these things, knowing that it's a tall order, but knowing that you are bigger, that you are taller, that you can accomplish all that you set out to do through us in us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, thank you so much for your time. And everyone listening, we'll see you next time.